0: Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. Can you believe we are in the month of December already? Where is time going? And uh, with the month of December comes our, our new Christmas series that we're going to be in for these next few weeks called Open. And so um, o- over the course of from now until Christmas, uh, we're going to be looking at this this story of Jesus being born, this this gift of our Savior uh, putting on flesh and, and, and being born of a virgin. We're going to be looking at this story from a few different aspects. And and before you're, you're like, man, I don't think I could hear about the same story four times in a row. I want to encourage you that the goal is we're going to be looking at it from some different viewpoints and and. Hoping that every message that you hear on this, there are some practical takeaways that, that you can bring out, just like we do every week. But we're excited to just look at this story and just remind ourselves why we celebrate this season. And, uh, you know, my hope and my prayer is that as we go through this month um, and, and so many things can be pulling at your attention. There's, there's Christmas is exciting and it's, it's a time to be happy, but it can also be a time to be really stressed out to be broke, to be uh, just worried about finances or worried about um, family matters and and all kinds of things. There are just so many things that could pull at your attention. We hope that as you make it a priority to come here on Tuesday nights or to come here on Sunday mornings, that this would be a place that when you walk in, you could leave that stuff at the door. And that as you're here, this is a safe place where you could, your soul could get spoken to. You could be refreshed. You could. Know that you you're gonna come here. You're gonna spend an hour in the presence of God, and you're gonna leave better, better than when you came in. So we're just believing that God's gonna use this series over these next few weeks just to speak life into so many people. So if you have your Bibles, I'm gonna invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter one. If not, no worries. We're gonna throw up on the screen for you. But we're gonna we're gonna be reading through this story uh, tonight. And and what I want to speak to you in week one of this series is the idea of being open hearted open-hearted, having an open heart to what God desires to do in your life. Now, I want to give you a little context before we jump into this scripture in Luke chapter 1. God is getting ready to send his son Jesus down to earth. And so you, you will read in, in the verses before where we're going to start that, that God sends Gabriel to uh, a man named Zechariah, who has a wife named Elizabeth. Now, now Zechariah was a prophet at the time, and uh, and God gives Zechariah a word that his barren wife, who is advanced in age at this point, is going to become pregnant, that they're to name the baby John. And this baby that ends up being born is John the Baptist, who is the the forerunner for Jesus. He's the one who's making a way for the Messiah. And so you see this amazing, incredible story that we're going to start to look at next week, where this, this angel gives Zechariah this word that that his barren wife this child that they've been wanting for so long that God is blessing them with it and that they're to name um, this child John and that God is going to use him to be a, a, a mouthpiece a voice uh, to be a forerunner for Jesus now after that what we're about to start reading is that same angel goes to elizabeth's niece Mary who is a teenager at the time she is engaged she's still a virgin this This angel appears to her as well and gives her some absolutely crazy news. So we're going to pick up in verse 26 of chapter 1. You can follow on the screen. It says, During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and he said, Grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you. And so you are anointed with great favor. Somebody say great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her saying, do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and he will be known as the son of the highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as king on his ancestor David's throne. He will reign as king of Israel forever and his reign will have no limit. Mary said, but how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you and almighty God will spread a shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your aged aunt Elizabeth has also become pregnant with a son. The barren one is now in her sixth month. Not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. Let me read that again. Not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary responded, saying, this is amazing. I will be the mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. Afterward, Mary arose and she hurried off to the hill country of Judea to the village where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. Arriving at their home, Mary entered the house and she greeted Elizabeth. At the moment she heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked. And suddenly Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she prophesied with power. Mary, you are a woman given the highest favor and privilege above all others, for your child is destined to bring God great delight. How did I deserve such a remarkable honor to have the mother of my Lord come and visit me? The moment you came in the door and greeted me, my baby danced inside me with ecstatic joy. Great favor is upon you. Say great favor. For you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. Great favor is upon you, for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. You know, growing up hearing this story every Christmas, every December for years, uh, just, I'm not really sure why, but naturally I would always sympathize for Mary, and, and I would kind of try to put myself in the shoes of being a teenager and hearing the news and trying to explain to everybody around me that I you know, I am pregnant, but I am still a virgin and, and how ridiculous that must sound. And then trying to explain to a fiancé the same story and hoping that that he believes. And for some reason, I've always just looked at it from an angle of really feeling bad for this position that Mary was in. But this week as I've been going through this and, and, and prepping for this, you know, the, the, the thought has just been resonating inside me that the difference between me and Mary is that Mary would have grown up and, and her religion was always teaching that there is a day coming when the Messiah, the Son of God, is coming back to save his people and he is going to be born of a virgin. What Mary grew up hearing, what she grew up around, was that there is this promise that we hold true to, that he is coming, he's going to win his people, he's going to save his people, and there is going to be a woman who has the honor and the privilege of carrying the Messiah. When you look at it that way, I would imagine that it would be every little girl's dream that maybe she could have that honor. I would imagine that that there are so many little Jewish girls at the time where their their family is living through a period of silence, where there's no new revelation from God and and nothing new seemingly happening and. And, and, and desiring this freedom for their people and, and wanting to see this Messiah come and then just having this dream. Like, could you imagine what that would be like if, if I was the one to be able to carry the Messiah? If, if, if I was the one that God chose to be able to give this gift. I, I could imagine how many girls would just would dream about that honor and that privilege. But you see in the story, as an angel of the Lord, Gabriel appears to Mary. Mary's first response is not she's just overjoyed and ecstatic that that there is this angel that Gabriel is standing before her. And 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 Gabriel it's not like he leaves her guessing or wondering. You know, he says right from the beginning that that there's great favor upon you that that you know this is this is good news but you see that Mary's response to even Gabriel standing before her is that she's fearful, that, that she's bewildered. What could this mean for me? You're like, yeah, I, I feel like I would be, maybe I would startle at first, but then I'd be really excited. It's, it's kind of odd that that the angel has to speak to Mary to say, Mary, you cannot yield to your fear. The angel is implying that that Mary has a choice to make. You can't yield to your fear. So so context of why Mary might be feeling this way, her her people had been in a season of hundreds of years where God is not bringing new revelation to his people. And and this was prophesied about throughout the whole Old Testament. They, They go through a season where before Jesus comes back where... They feel abandoned. They feel like, God, where are you? God, we need to hear from you. And they, they're holding on to this promise that there's a Messiah coming. But, but I can imagine how scary of a time. It must have been going hundreds of years, generations of families, not hearing any new revelation from God. To top that off, Mary is from a place called Nazareth, which has a terrible reputation. There's a guy in the Bible who actually says, can anything good actually come from Nazareth? Maybe, maybe there's a, a, a place on Long Island or a place in the country that you just despise and, and you'd be embarrassed to say it in public, but in your mind you're like, nothing good comes out of that place. That's where Mary was from. So I could imagine that the practical side of Mary is like, oh, no, that can't be me. Like, there's, there, there, there's no way. How many people know that your past experience... Your, your past pain, your upbringing, your struggle, your history has the ability to shape what you perceive and receive from God. The things that you've been through, the things that you've lived through, the things that were in your control and the things that were out of your control, if you allow it to, can actually affect the way that you receive from God. You know, if you, if you grew up in a home where, where you did not have a good earthly father, it's not like you just didn't have a great one. No, you had a bad one. I know so many people that, that at first it is a struggle to picture God as a father because you have nothing in the physical to relate that to. There are things that can happen to us. There are experiences that we've had. There are unmet expectations and disappointments that if you yield to those things, it will inhibit your ability to receive the thing that God wants to do inside of you. The angel is saying to Mary, do not yield to those things. Do not yield to those things. In other words, open up your heart to what I'm saying. Open up your heart to what God wants to do. You need to allow yourself to be open to what God is speaking, to what God is desiring to give. The angel goes on to to explain to Mary, like, listen, this is a wonderful Gift. It's not that you were so qualified that you earned this. This is a gift. You didn't do anything to deserve this. This is a gift. This is not because you were more pure than everybody else. This is not because you were more righteous than everybody else. This is a gift. There is great favor upon you. This term, great favor, everywhere else in the Bible is simply translated to grace. There is grace on you. God has grace for you. What a picture of salvation. This is a gift. You haven't earned it. God has just given it. And, and too many times we, we feel like we qualify for salvation because we've been on a good streak of decisions. And that may make you feel good in the moment. But, but the time that you revert back to your humanity and you begin to make some bad decisions, your salvation crumbles with it. Your salvation is not contingent on you. It is not from you, it's just for you. It's a gift from God for you. This angel is telling Mary, do not yield to your fear. Don't yield to your past experience. Don't yield to your words. I'm telling you right now, there is grace on you. God has grace for you. And this is a wonderful, insanely incredible gift that God is blessing you with. To have the honor of carrying his son into the world. How many of us, man, when, when God is desiring to do a new thing in our lives, we, we allow the past to close our heart off to what God is desiring to do. And a lot of times it's not because you have a disobedient heart. Most times it's self-preservation. Most times it's I've been disappointed before. I've been hurt before. You know, there, there's things that have, I just can't open myself back up to that. and So it's easier for you to not open your heart to what God is speaking or God wants to do than to have your heart risk being hurt again. I believe God wants to remind you tonight, don't yield to those things. Don't be at the mercy of what has happened. Open your heart to what I'm speaking to you now. Open your heart to what I desire to do in you now. Open your heart to what I desire to do for you in the future. Mary makes the decision in that moment as she's listening to the angel. She makes the decision to open up her heart. You see, we're going to talk about this specifically next week. But you see that Mary asks a question. She says, how is this going to happen because I'm a virgin? And we're going to look next week at a question that Zechariah asked, but I want you to hear that the, the 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 tone and the terminology that Mary uses, this isn't because she doesn't believe. She's just asking details like physically, how, how's that happen? So it's not that her heart is in a wrong place. She, she's just asking for her knowledge. And you see in Gabriel's response He's not speaking to unbelief. He's giving her an answer to say, I- I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you the steps that, that are going to happen. And this is, this is what it's going to look like. Now, you can see clear as day that, that Mary makes the conscious decision to not yield to fear, but to fully receive what God is speaking to her. Because her response to Gabriel, after he explains all of this to her, she says, I will be the mother of the Lord. She says, as his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. She says, let it be done exactly as you say. What kind of switch that that was. From fear and trembling and being uh, bewildered and wondering what this could mean for her to to her making the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to open up and I'm going to fully embrace it. I'm going to fully receive it. Mary doesn't say... (laughs) This sounds awesome. And you know what? If this happens, great. If God changes his mind and he decides not to do it, that's cool too. I'll I'll still serve him. You know, Gabriel, no hard feelings. If this doesn't work out, like I know you're a busy angel and, and whatever. Mary is not like leaving one foot in and one foot out. Mary is not like, I'm pretty sure this is real. And so if it is, I'm all in. If I'm dreaming, that's all right too. It's pretty cool. It's a fun dream. But Mary fully receives it. She makes the decision to completely... Open her heart, knowing this changes everything. Like, you want to talk about a moment changing somebody's life forever? Changing the lives of humanity forever. Mary completely opens herself up to it. and She says, you know what? I will be. I believe it. I will be the mother of the Lord. And whatever that looks like, I'm his servant and I'm right here. And I'm going to pray that everything that you just said comes to pass. What an incredible moment of just choosing to say, yes, God. Okay, God. I want that, God. I'm open to it, God. What would life look like if we were a people that even when God was speaking something to us that was overwhelming, that was scary, that that is bringing us to a place where we feel vulnerable, which is most times, that our response would be, you know what, God, I believe in you. I trust you, and even if I don't know the details, even if I don't know how this is going to happen, I believe that your word is true. I believe that your word doesn't return void. So God, if you're speaking this to me right now, I receive it for me right now. I receive it for my marriage right now. I receive it for my kids right now. I receive it for for that issue that I'm having at work right now. I receive it for that conflict that I'm having with that person right now. God, I receive your word to be true and to be for me for right now. Mary fully embraces it. She opens her heart up to what God is saying. Now, maybe you have been in a, in a worship service. Maybe you've been at a conference. Maybe you have been uh, in your car driving on a road trip and you are partially overtired and it was just the right part of that song and your emotions brought you to that point where you were just like, yes, God, I'm open, God, whatever you want, God. And in the moment, you were open to what he was asking you to do. In the moment, you, you were like, yeah, I'm ready for it, but, but then Monday happened you know, then real life started happening again, and, and, and you made a momentary decision to be open to what God wanted, but it, it was just a moment. It wasn't a lifestyle from that point forward. Mary doesn't just make a decision to open up her heart to what God is saying. She keeps her heart open to what God is desiring to do. And so tonight, I, quickly, I just want to look at three things that Mary does that every single one of us can do. Three things that don't just bring you to a place of making a decision to open your heart for a moment, but keeping your heart in a place where it's open to what God is desiring to do in your life. As we look at these three quick things, I want to point out the context, what Mary is going through physically as she is doing these three things. Mary, at this point, will be in her first trimester, first trimester. If you... lady in here and and you've been pregnant before, you you know what I'm about to say. If you're a husband or if you have been with someone who has uh, given birth, you know exactly what I'm saying. The first trimester is a crazy thing because for most of the first trimester, if not all of it, for most women, a lot of times there is not much physical change on the outside. I've heard of women before being out of their first trimester before they even realized that they were pregnant. But did you know, even though you can't see a lot of change on the outside from the woman, on the inside, the first trimester is the most crucial for the baby's development. It's the first trimester when when the body is taking shape. It's the first trimester when the organ systems are being developed. It's the first trimester where most miscarriages or birth defects are going to happen if they're going to happen. It is the most crucial time for that baby to be developed. What a crazy thought that the most important season of life for what's being developed on the inside is the season where you see the least amount of change on the outside. As Mary is given a word, she opens her heart to this word. It's in this first trimester that she probably didn't see much physical change. It's in those times where God is speaking to you. God is giving you a dream. God is God is bringing you to a a, a point of making a decision to do something. And and in the beginning, you may feel like, man, I, I I'm stepping out on a limb. And God, I I'm I'm receiving it. and I'm opening up my heart to it. But I just don't feel like things are changing yet. If you don't see anything happening on the outside, that doesn't mean that God isn't doing something on the inside. It's those times where. As a matter of fact, it's usually the times where things don't work out on the outside that God is doing the biggest work on the inside of you. It's in those times where we need to have the wisdom to say, God, I don't want to just open my heart for a moment, but I want to keep it open for the process. I want my heart to be open for the journey. God, I don't want to cut it short. God, I don't want to abandon this thing that you're doing inside of me. God, let me be open to the whole process. God, bring to fruition that which you started inside of me. So I want to look at three things that that Mary did. The the first thing that sticks out to me is that as soon as she gets this word and as soon as she responds to Gabriel, I will be the mother of the Lord. I want all this stuff to happen that you said. He can use me however he wants. As soon as he leaves, it says that she immediately arose and she traveled to go see her Aunt Elizabeth. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Mary surrounded herself with like-minded people. Mary surrounded herself with like-minded people. As Mary is receiving this word from Gabriel, Gabriel lets her in on a secret. Your barren aunt, your aunt that's always wanted a baby, who's never been able to have a baby, she's already six months pregnant. They didn't have Facebook back then. They didn't have texting back then. It's not like Mary would have been privy to this information. Mary is hearing from this angel, your, your aunt is pregnant with the forerunner of the Messiah who you are now going to be pregnant with. And so what does Mary do? As soon as God gives her that word, Mary gets up, puts the effort into traveling to go see her aunt. Hear me. Mary makes the effort to surround herself with like-minded people. Before anything changes, it wasn't like Mary was like, all right, well, let's, let me give it a few months. And if I start to get a cute little baby bump, then I'm going to get up and I'm going to go talk to Elizabeth. It wasn't like Mary was like, all right, one more visit from the angel, then I'll know it's, it's real. And then, Nope. Before anything changed on the outside, Mary made the effort to say, I need to be around some like-minded people. So Mary traveled to go see Elizabeth. What's so amazing is that as she walks up to see Elizabeth, you see what happens in this relationship. This is God's design for community in the body. Iron sharpening iron. As Mary surrounds herself with like-minded people as she approaches, the baby inside Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist, goes wild. Wild. He's doing dance, dance revolution inside inside of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Elizabeth and Zechariah had also gotten a word from Gabriel that they were going to become pregnant, but they're human. I wonder if at times thoughts crept in like this, this, is, this was God, right? This wasn't just like a crazy phenomenon that we finally were able to get pregnant. What confirmation that must have been that not only was she pregnant, but she was pregnant with the forerunner of the Messiah, that as Mary walks up, she's filled with the Holy Spirit and the baby goes wild. It's confirmation for Elizabeth. Then what you see happen is is Mary approaches. Elizabeth then begins to tell Mary what just happened. And then it says that Elizabeth prophesies over Mary with power. And she reaffirms everything that Mary had heard. And she ends it with this, the most encouraging, amazing, affirming line. She says, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed is she. She is recognizing the fact, Mary, you are blessed. Mary, I am so proud of you because you believed God at his word. You made this trip solely based on the word of God, the promise of God. Blessed is she who believes God. Before you even saw the fulfillment, before you had a baby bump, before you had a sauna or a 3D imaging thing, you came, you made the effort to come see me. Listen, let me tell you something. When God is developing something on the inside of you, when God is wanting to work something out, and I'm not going to say if because I believe that God wants to speak to every single one of us here tonight. I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us here tonight. I believe that, that, that nobody has arrived, that nobody has made it, that until the time I go home to be with the Lord, that there are constantly going to be things that God wants to do in me and do through me. It's not a question of if God wants to speak to you. It's are you willing to listen? Are you going to point your ear to to, to his mouth and to to begin to prioritize listening to the Holy Spirit? God wants to speak to you as God speaks to you, as you make an effort to hear the voice of God, to position your heart and your soul to hear from him as he speaks to you. And he challenges you and he's birthing things inside of you and he's giving you dreams and he's giving you desires and, and he's asking you to be vulnerable and asking you to put yourself out there at times. It is so important that you make the effort at his word, at his promise, to surround yourself with life-giving people, with like-minded people, with people who prioritize the same stuff you do, with people that are running the same race that you are, with people that value the voice of God just as much or more than you do. Let me give you some practical advice right now. As God is challenging you with things, what you don't need help with is doubt. What you don't need is someone to say, "Do you think he really did say that? Do you think God would say that? Do you think No, you don't need that. You're 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 fully capable of coming up with all those thoughts on your own. What you need is someone to remind you, you felt like God spoke that to you, so I'm going to agree with you in prayer. And if God spoke it, he's going to confirm it. And and God will work it out. It doesn't it doesn't matter how impossible it may seem. God's promises are attached to his power. His word does not return void. You need to surround yourself with a circle with the community of people that will speak life to you, that will encourage you. They'll be like, We're not giving up. We are running a race that God has marked out for us, and this may be hard, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be right here with you the whole time. Too many people you say, man, I wish I had good friends. I wish I had those kinds of friends. I wish I had people that would encourage me. It's on you. Mary didn't sit back and say, apparently I'm a big deal. God chose me. If God chose me, you could choose to be my friend. If God chose me, you could choose to encourage me. Oh, you didn't notice me over here? Guess what? Guess who's in here. If Mary didn't take that posture, who am I to sit back and get frustrated with God because I don't have godly people in my life? It's on me to make the effort to get up immediately and to go seek some people out. If you want a good friend, go be a good friend to somebody. If you want encouragement in your life, you go encourage other people. Make the effort to surround yourself with voices that will speak life into you, that will encourage you, that will pray for you, that will be godly counsel. People that aren't perfect, but there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. There's, there's wisdom in godly voices in your life, especially, especially when the fulfillment isn't yet seen especially in that first trimester, especially in the beginning, especially when it's new, especially when it's raw, when you're not seeing the change and, and God is asking you to step out in faith and to do some things that are a struggle, do some things that are hard, do some things that require faith, and, and you're not seeing it work out yet, those are the times when you need it most. Those are the times when you need it most. Look at the response to Mary as she gets this confirmation and encouragement from her aunt. It says in verse 46, So Mary sang this song. My soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. My spirit bursts with joy over my life-giving God. For he set his tender gaze upon me, his lowly servant girl. And from here on, everyone will know that I've been favored and blessed. The mighty one has worked a mighty miracle for me. He is holy is his name. Mercy kisses all his godly lovers from one generation to the next. Mighty power flows from him to scatter all those who walk in pride. Powerful princes, he tears from their thrones and he lifts up the lowly to take their place. Those who hunger for him will always be filled, but the smug and self-satisfied he will send away empty because he can never forget to show mercy. He has helped his chosen servant Israel, keeping his promises to Abraham and to his descendants forever. As Mary surrounds herself with like-minded people, it brings her to a place where she's able to praise God based on His word, not on His fulfillment. It's the second thing I want you to write down. Mary praises God based on His word, not on His fulfillment. You see the scripture in, and uh, I think it's in James where he is recognizing. The faith that Abraham had when, when God had asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac and, and Abraham was willing to go through with it before God stopped him. And God said, I wanted to see if you, you trusted me. He recognizes it and he, he says that, um, that Abraham believed God, believed God's word, and, and it was credited to him as righteousness. You see in Isaiah that it says our righteous acts are like filthy rags. You know, we think what impresses God, what blesses God is how good we are. It's not. You can never be good enough to impress God. And you can never be bad enough for him to stop loving you. But if you want to bless God, take him at his word. If you want to bless God like Abraham, believe when he speaks. Have faith in his word. Anybody can praise God when it all works out. It's people of faith that can praise God just at his word. It's people of faith that can recognize, hey, God, your word is as good to me as it working out. So I don't need to wait till I see a little bump. I don't need to wait until I have a crying baby in my arms. I'm going to praise you right now because you said you were going to do it. I'm surrounding myself with people that are going to speak life into me. God, I'm going to praise you for what I know you're going to do. I am standing on your promise. I am standing on your word. I will be the mother of the son of God. I will be used by him. You will do what you said. You will restore my family. You will bring that relationship back around. God, you will help me navigate my marriage and fix this. And God, you will be at the center of this relationship. God, you will provide for my family. God, you will bless my hard work. God, I know that you see my integrity and character. God, even when I'm getting persecuted, even when I'm getting torn apart and challenged, God, I know that you are my defender. God, when I don't know what to do and I'm confused and and I'm not sure where to go or what to do, God, I know that that you are my strength. God, I know that you will lead me and guide me, that you want to speak to me. God, if you say it, God, I will believe it, and I'm going to praise you. Mary praised God based on his word. When you do that, not only is that showing God that you believe him at his word, that reaffirms in your soul your decision. Mary chose initially to open up her heart to what God wanted to do. Mary praising God again days later is reminding your soul, yeah, we made that decision, and we're sticking to our decision. That wasn't a one-time open, and now we're shutting. Nope, I'm going to keep this open. You know how I keep it open? God, I'm going to keep praising you. God, I'm going to keep believing. God, I'm going to keep reminding myself. I'm going to keep telling people that you are a God who's faithful. You are a God who keeps his word, and I believe that you're going to be true to what you said. This last thing is I have the, the band come back up, and we wrap up tonight. I want you to write down is a point that we get out of the last verse of this chapter. Verse 54 says, Before going home, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months. I want you to write this down. While Mary's promise was being developed, she served somebody else. While Mary's promise was being worked on, she chose to spend her time serving somebody else. So she surrounded herself with like-minded people. She decided to praise God at his word. But then she made a decision to serve somebody else. Now I just want to point out the timeline to you really quick. We started off tonight saying it was when Elizabeth was six months pregnant that Mary got the word and made the decision to go see Elizabeth. We then read that Mary made the decision to stay three more months the chapter ends, and the first verse of the next chapter is Elizabeth giving birth to John. So this picture that you see is as God gave Mary this promise, she stayed with Elizabeth until her promise came to fruition. She served her aunt. She was good company to her aunt. She stuck with her aunt as, as God was working out her situation. Mary chose to focus on somebody else. You know the first the first trimester has a lot of challenges. It, it it it's the trimester when a lot of women get really sick, physically sick. I don't I don't know about everybody, but I know my wife is the most tired in the first trimester. Again, when you when you're not seeing much on the outside, she's like, "I don't feel myself. I'm exhausted." What's well, because you are building a human being on the inside of you, like girl, you're doing work. It, it it's at that season of life when. It's an absolute adjustment in every sense of the word for a woman's body when Mary should have and could have had every excuse to take care of and pamper herself that she chose to serve somebody else. What impresses me so much about Mary is Mary could have said, oh, man, like, guys, I'm carrying the son of God. Okay, so I'm going to need you to bring that over here. I'm going to need to put my feet up. Uh, um, The doctor didn't tell me to go on bed rest, but I think God wants me on bed rest for the next nine months. I'm going to chill and eat chips and watch Netflix. Mary could have had every right to justify pampering herself and taking care of herself because of the responsibility. But how amazing of a picture is it that even given the most incredible honor and responsibility in the history of mankind, that Mary chose to spend her time waiting For her promise, serving somebody else's. Hey, Elizabeth, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to be here with you until we see your baby born. I'm not going anywhere. And this baby that Mary ends up giving birth to, Jesus, is the ultimate example of selflessness, is the ultimate example of humility, is the ultimate example of what it looks like to serve somebody else. If we're looking at this in the context of pregnancy in the first trimester, man, I wonder how many God plans are put on pause or or start to receive complications in our life because the God promise ended up becoming centered around me. Maybe the delay in the fulfillment is not on God's end, it's on mine because I got the promise initially and then I just began to make it focused on me. And a, and a God promise is is God fulfillment, not Scott fulfillment. And so the moment that it becomes about me and not God, I've robbed myself of the fulfillment. You wanna keep your heart open to what God is wanting to do in you, man, you need to make the effort to surround yourself with some like-minded people, some good people that will speak life into you, that will encourage you, that will remind you of God's faithfulness and God's goodness even when you don't feel it, when you doubt it, when there's complications, that will bring you back to his word. You gotta gotta remind your soul, I don't need to see this work out for me to believe that God's word is true. I'm gonna praise God for the promise. I'm gonna praise God for the word. I'm gonna praise God that he was faithful to speak to me, and I'm gonna believe him, that he is working on my behalf. And while he's working, I'm not waiting. Let me serve. While he's working things out in my life, God, use me to help somebody else. God, as you're birthing something new inside of me, let me pour into someone else. Let me help somebody else see their fulfillment. Let me serve somebody else while you're working it out on them. Because I know you got me. Let me get somebody else. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.